Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Friday, March 1st. Happy World Compliment Day. And I think this is like the third one of these we've had this year. But I'll say it again. Y'all are really good listeners. You're all very tall and good dancers, too. Today is also National Wedding Planning Day and Plan a Solo Vacation Day. You gotta pick one. Can't do both. Of course, since most weddings are in April, if you're just now getting around to planning it, that solo vacation thing may happen after all. Today is also National Pig Day, and if you start going around making obvious but hateful jokes about why that might be scheduled same time as wedding planning day, I guarantee you're taking vacation alone. Probably permanently. Know what I'm saying? Hey, ain't like you wasn't asking for it. But who we kidding? The groom's participation in the wedding planning could be measured in minutes, hours at best. He didn't even start thinking about it until well after he asked her. The bride's been planning the wedding since she was seven. So fellas, best just stay out the way and speak only when spoken to. Today is also National Dadgum That's Good Day, which is a phrase that could apply to compliments, weddings, and solo vacations. But this holiday was started by Masterbuilt, a company in Columbus, Georgia, where my buddy Ron is from, and which makes very nice grills and smokers. And this holiday is all about barbecue, which if the question is get paid a compliment, take a solo vacation, go to a wedding or go to a barbecue, the answer is always, that's a stupid question. It's barbecue every time. Which brings us full circle back to pig day. Cause who don't love some pulled pork? Slow roasted with Vidalia onions and some sweet baby rays. Put that on top of your head and your tongue will slap your brains out. Our reading for today is Leviticus 24.1 through 25.46, Mark 10.13-31, Psalm 44.9-26, and Proverbs 10, 20 and 21. So if y'all are ready, the squall said I needed to burn some fat, and I just now realized she didn't mean barbecue. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squall do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 28th in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 22:17 through 23:44, and the Lord is still handing out rules for Aaron and his sons, the priestly class. And he reiterates that all animals offered must be males without blemish, because flaws represent sin, and Christ was sinless, or he will be. So blind, or broken, or maimed, or having a win, or scurvy, or scabbed, ye shall not offer these unto the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the Lord. And a win is like an abnormal growth or a cyst that comes out of your skin. And verse 23 says there's no mutations allowed either. If it's missing a leg, don't offer it. Likewise, having an extra leg don't make it any better. Cows with extra legs happen all the time, but none of them can run any faster. In fact, mutations are always either harmful or neutral, but nobody has ever seen one that benefited any animal. And then he says when a bullock or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall be seven days under the dam, which means his mother. And from the eighth day and thenceforth, it shall be accepted for an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And the meaning of this appears to be that the animal should realize a distinct existence in becoming less dependent on the mother. It needs to become what it is before it's fit for the Lord. Basically, God forbids infant sacrifice even for animals. Mm -hmm. And whether it be cow or you, ye shall not kill it and her young both in one day. Probably intended to remind the Israelites of the sacredness of the relationship between the parent and its offspring. And chapter 23 is about the specified times for public worship. 
with instructions about how to make offerings. The first one mentioned is the weekly Sabbath. Then he lists the feasts of the Lord, starting with Passover, which is on the 14th day of the first month, starting at evening. Then on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. Then, when ye come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest unto the priest. And that's the Feast of Firstfruits. And there's a lot that goes into that festival. Then, after that, ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete, meaning seven weeks, forty-nine days. And then on the fiftieth day, ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. This is what the Christians call Pentecost, which means fifty days. Then, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. And in the Hebrew, blowing of trumpets literally means shouting, but they probably did blow trumpets too. And this was the first day of the Jewish civil year, and was a signal to start sanctifying themselves for the Day of Atonement, which was ten days later. In verse 27, it says, On the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a Day of Atonement. And then five days after that, on the fifteenth day of this seventh month, shall be the Feast of Tabernacles, for seven days unto the Lord. And that's also called Sukkot, or the Feast of Booths. And they were supposed to build tents and live in them for a week to commemorate the wilderness wanderings. And it's interesting to me that the Jews have not yet been told they have to wander in the wilderness. But God's given them a commemoration of it ahead of time. But more on that later. And verse 43 says about this Feast of Booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. And the Jews at this point still think they're headed to the promised land to set up shop. So maybe God's just talking about this temporary setup that's going on right now. But I suspect not, because when they get there, they're going to blow it, which God already knows. But again, more on that later, because that's where we stopped reading. So what does God want? In a nutshell, he wants a perfect sacrifice given voluntarily through another. And in Christ, we can go directly to God, but it's in the name of Jesus. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 9, 30 through 10, 12. And Jesus came down off the mountain and cast out that demon. And then they all left and passed through Galilee. And Jesus starts telling the disciples that the time is getting close for him to be executed and then rise on the third day. And I guess he wants them to get their heads around it because he keeps talking about it. But they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. When they got to Capernaum, Jesus asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? because he knows they don't get it, and he wants them to ask. But they held their peace, because by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest, which Jesus knew already they were talking about that, so he sat them all down and explained it to them. He said, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all, because Jesus, God incarnate, came as a suffering servant. So we're to emulate that. We never do, but we're supposed to. (laughs) And he took a child and set him in the midst of them and said, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Because kids are the weakest of all, and they're the most in need of a caring servant. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us, and we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, because if he can work a miracle in my name, that's sufficient proof of his attachment to me and he should not be stopped, for he that is not against us is with us. And then Jesus gets back on topic and says, basically everything you do in service of others 
If you do it in my name and not just to be a nice person, you shall not lose your reward. But if you offend one of these little kids that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. So if there's anything that might cause that, get it out of your life. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. Same goes for your eyes and your feet. And verse 49, all the commentaries want to argue about. It says, For everyone shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. And the context is getting rid of stuff that gets you in trouble. So it might be a reference to hellfire, or it might have more to do with fire representing self-sacrifice and trials. But y'all can work that out. And in chapter 10, Jesus travels around some more near the Jordan River and teaches the crowd that's always there. And the Pharisees come at him again, trying to get him to blaspheme the law. And they asked him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, to divorce her, is what they're asking? So Jesus is like, well, what did Moses say about it? I mean, you're asking me about the law when y'all know good and well what it is. And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and put her away. And Jesus answered and said, for the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But just because God allows something doesn't mean he approves of it. I mean, God created a perfect universe. He only allows animal sacrifice now because it's fallen. He'd much rather have the unfallen universe with no need for the law. But here we are. And Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. Same goes for the wife. And that's where we stopped reading. So Jesus reiterates and demonstrates the practical application of the law and that it involves making voluntary sacrifices that please God to take sin seriously, not tolerate it in our life, to stop making provision for it. And we make sacrifices all the time in our decision-making process. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 44, 1-8. And that's a maskil. It's a psalm that teaches a lesson. And the lesson is, he's teaching history about the early promised land, how God did drive out the heathen with his hand. Because it wasn't the Jews that took the land by sword, it was God that gave it to them. They were involved, but not because God needed help. Then we switch to praise. He says, For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved me from our enemies. In God we boast all the day long, and praise thy name forever. Selah. Which means extended guitar solo. <laughs> but that's as far as you read. And it's good to remind ourselves of our history, that God has always been with us, and that he sees us through every circumstance. We should boast in God every chance we get. He is looking for believers that have confidence in him so that he can show himself strong. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs ten nineteen, which says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. And read wanteth not sin as doesn't lack for sin. Mm -hmm. In other words, running your mouth doesn't make you righteous. Better to keep your mouth shut and stay out of trouble in the first place. Yeah, don't waste words because they matter. And speaking our mind isn't always beneficial or productive. And it can hurt us. Jesus is coming. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for March 1st is Leviticus 24.1-25.46. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil, olive-beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn continually. Without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it from the evening unto the morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statute forever in your generations.
He shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two-tenth deals shall be in one cake. And thou shalt set them in two rows, six on a row, upon the pure table before the Lord. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place, for it is most holy unto him of the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. And the son of an Israelitish woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel, and this son of the Israelitish woman and a man of Israel strove together in the camp. And the Israelitish woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord, and cursed. And they brought him unto Moses. And his mother's name was Shalometh, the daughter of Debri, of the tribe of Dan. And they put him inward, that the mind of the Lord might be shewed them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Bring forth him that hath cursed without the camp, and let all that heard him lay their hands upon his head, and let all the congregation stone him. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curseth his God shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him. As well the stranger, as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, shall be put to death. And he that killeth any man shall surely be put to death. And he that killeth a beast shall make it good, beast for beast. And if a man cause a blemish in his neighbor, as he hath done, so shall it be done to him. Breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. As he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. And he that killeth a beast, he shall restore it. And he that killeth a man, he shall be put to death. Ye shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. And Moses spake to the children of Israel that they should bring forth him that had cursed out of the camp, and stone him with stones. And the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. Chapter 25 and the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest thou shalt not reap. Neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in thy land, shall all the increase thereof be meat. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee, it shall be holy unto you. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee ye shall return every man unto his possession. And if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, or buyest aught of thy neighbor's hand, ye shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee thou shalt buy of thy neighbor. 
and according to the number of years of the fruits he shall sell unto thee. According to the multitude of years thou shalt increase the price thereof, and according to the fewness of years thou shalt diminish the price of it. For according to the number of the years of the fruits doth he sell unto thee. Ye shall not therefore oppress one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. Wherefore ye shall do my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety. And the land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your fill, and dwell therein in safety. And if ye shall say, What shall we eat in the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow, nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. And ye shall sow the eighth year, and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year, until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. The land shall not be sold for ever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession ye shall grant a redemption for the land. If thy brother be waxen poor, and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And if the man have none to redeem it, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it, that he may return unto his possession. But if he be not able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that hath bought it until the year of jubilee. And in the jubilee it shall go out, and he shall return unto his possession. And if a man sell a dwelling house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Within a full year may he redeem it. And if it be not redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house that is in the walled city shall be established forever to him that bought it throughout his generations. It shall not go out in the jubilee. But the houses of the villages which have no wall round about them shall be counted as the fields of the country. They may be redeemed, and they shall go out in the jubilee. Notwithstanding the cities of the Levites and the houses of the cities of their possession, may the Levites redeem at any time. And if a man purchase of the Levites, then the house that was sold and the city of his possession shall go out in the year of jubilee. For the houses of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the children of Israel. But the field of the suburbs of their cities may not be sold, for it is their perpetual possession. And if thy brother be waxen poor, and fallen in decay with thee, then thou shalt relieve him, yea, though he be a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with thee. Take thou no usury of him, or increase, but fear thy God, that thy brother may live with thee. Thou shalt not give him thy money upon usury, nor lend him thy victuals for increase. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, to give you the land of Canaan, and to be your God. And if thy brother that dwelleth by thee be waxen poor, and be sold unto thee, thou shalt not compel him to serve as a bondservant. But as an hired servant, and as a sojourner, he shall be with thee, and shall serve thee unto the year of Jubilee. And then shall he depart from thee, both he and his children with him, and shall return unto his own family, and unto the possession of his fathers shall he return. For they are my servants which I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as bondmen. Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor, but shalt fear thy God. Both thy bondmen and thy bondmaids, which thou shalt have, shall be of the heathen that are round about you. Of them shall ye buy bondmen and bondmaids. Moreover, of the children of the strangers that do sojourn among you, of them shall ye buy. And of their families that are with you, which they begat in your land. And they shall be your possession. And ye shall take them as an inheritance for your children after you to inherit them for a possession. They shall be your bondmen forever. But over your brethren, the children of Israel, ye shall not rule one over another with rigor. Our reading in the New Testament for March 1st is Mark 10:13 through 31 And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, 
Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and kneeled to him, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again, and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospel's. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Our reading in Psalms for March 1st is Psalm 44, 9-26. But thou hast cast off and put us to shame, and goest not forth with our armies. Thou makest us to turn back from the enemy, and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth, by reason of the enemy and avenger, all this has come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee, neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons, and covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God, or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. And our reading in Proverbs for March 1st is Proverbs 10, 20, and 21. The tongue of the just is as choice silver, the heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. And that is it for March 1st. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Psalm 119.105, which says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on the paths of righteousness. Because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, by your grace, may we seek you with the fullness of our hearts. Let us not stray from your commandments, neither through ignorance nor willful disobedience. Teach us to treasure and store your word in our hearts so that we may know you, love you, do your will, and not sin against you. We pray that you strengthen us so that we can become spiritually mature and more like you in every aspect of our lives. We hereby purpose in our hearts to remain on your path of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. If you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And you know the rest of that. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all.